right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance at what hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program happening in your neighborhood today. On another exciting episode of the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we don't know how much our hearts can take it, and we're sure that you guys are in the same boat. We're here to talk about My Hero Academia Season 6, Episode 4, and much more right after these ads we have no control over. Right here in your neighborhood. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things with a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance at what? hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag program, happening in your neighborhood today. With Domino's Car Side Delivery, you can carry out any three-topping pizza for just $7.99 without leaving your car. So you don't have to interrupt your kid's favorite song. You can interrupt this, actually. Next time you order online and carry out three-topping pizzas for $7.99 each, try Domino's Car Side Delivery. Just pull up to the store, check in online, and Domino's will bring your food right to you. Carry out and online only. Select this offer. Availability and charges may vary. Excludes XL and specialty pizzas. Crust availability varies by size. Local store may charge extra for toppings and sauces. Message and data rates may apply when using Domino's Car Side Delivery. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, four. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> the comics is episode with four. All right. Here we go again. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series. Yeah. Yeah, look at the waveforms on that. Welcome back to another episode of the Animation Delivery Podcast, where we take action animation, but try not to, but not too seriously. We are your hosts. I'm Zuhair Ali. My name is Jay Scotty St. Clair. And I am Andrew Rogers. And this is another week in October that's filled with fantastic anime. All the animation, all the music, all the gut-wrenching stories. We're here for it. You guys are here for it. But first, we got a little bit of news to break down for you. First off, Disney Plus has finally dropped Tales of the Jedi. And so far, what I've seen of it, I absolutely love. We need more short stories like this. Not going to do any spoilers, but oh my god, do these music and lighting directors deserve all the awards. It looks so beautiful. Uh, have you guys seen any of it? Do you have any thoughts on it? Are you super excited for it? Tell the people how you feel. Well, I for one have not had a chance to see it. I am excited for it, looking forward to it, but just have not had the opportunity uh, with, you know, this surplus of content these days. So uh, I defer to you, Andrew. Have you been able to view any of this new series? I unfortunately haven't been able to either, but I mean, just from the trailers alone, I was super excited going into just what this could possibly hold and then add in the beautiful animation. Like, it's just there's so much going on for it that I'm probably just going to do it all in one sitting. That's the reason I haven't yet is I want to dedicate the time to just plow through this in one go because I know I'm not going to want to stop. 
yeah, it sounds about right. I got one episode left, and I watched <laughs> one episode last night. It was such a mistake. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And it, it is confirmed that all of it is like half Ahsoka, half Dooku. It's very interesting. Oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, A thing that all of us have seen and two of you got to talk about in great length. We were not able to record last Thursday because we all went to go see Black Adam. Both of you guys mm-hmm. had the opportunity to talk to it on our sibling podcast. Tell the people where they can find your reviews on that. So you can find me at our sister show, uh, the Source Pages podcast. I was there for both the primer uh, covering the comics before and then the review following the comics after uh, and the movie. Both of those are out now on their feed. And as for me, I joined Matthew Carroll on the Bingers Assemble podcast, uh, where we continued our coverage of the DCU with Black Adam. So wherever you get your podcast, Bingers Assemble. And uh, I will just note, you know, with the mention of source pages and just coming off the tales of talking about Tales of the Jedi, that pun was not <laughs> intended at all. Uh, <laughs> I, th- I think we're going to have Haley uh, Hobbs, who is one of the co-hosts of that show. She's a big Ahsoka stan and has uh, voiced her interest in uh, talking about that sh- show. So uh, still hammering out the details on that one, but I think we're going to record sometime next week. So if you got feedback. Yes, yeah, sending all the Anna feedback. <laughs> Animation Deliberation Podcast at gmail.com is the place to do that or any of our social medias. That's right. So while we are on Sibling Podcast, all the Star Wars stuff, Star Wars Universe Podcast, I got to record with Matt Carroll about um, Gardens of the Galaxy holiday special. So Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, check that out. House of the Dragons finally wrapped up. All those episodes are down at Pandavision. We got all the content and all the places, but we're here to talk about animation. And the last bit of news that we have for you in that regard is not something I was expecting to see. So it turns out that the Simpsons are doing their Halloween thing, which apparently they do every year. I don't actually watch it that much. But they are doing a crossover with Death Note, which I thought was fabulous. And to make it even better, the studio that does Death Note is the one who is animating this crossover. If you look at this article, the snippets that they sent us, they look stunning. Like, can we just have a version of Simpsons that's just anime crossover? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah. I mean, the Simpson is known for doing these outrageous things. So, like, why not pick up other animators when you're doing all of these little bits? Like, just lean fully into it. Yeah, it it looks incredible. And knowing that it's the same studio behind Death Note that's being involved, that just shows, you know, The Simpsons is older than I am. It's It has me like predated by like a couple of months, I think. So just the absolute pillar of pop culture that it is. And I'm really surprised that they haven't done something like this yet. Uh, Zuhair, you and I were talking about how on Futurama, they did a couple of episodes where they kind of, you know, had some fun with varying up the animation style and poking some fun at anime but this looks uh this looks really interesting and we had the privilege of discussing the simpsons uh in one of our episodes before when they did the loki special the uh what was it the good the bad and the loki mm-hmm. i believe that's what it was yeah melissa khalil joined us for that short uh Long so four minutes yeah, yeah, but uh, it this this will definitely be a um, we'll we'll have to provide some reactions. I haven't watched The Simpsons uh, in earnest in quite some time, but this will definitely be a good excuse to revisit that classic series and have a chance to at least give some reactions on on this show. Honestly, 
as we're talking about them joining up with people, now that Disney owns them and Fox, what is like what do we think the possibilities are for them getting like Disney animation in on this at some point to do some crazy bits? Who knows? Yeah, I I I definitely the see that. Possibilities are endless. Yeah. I don't know. After you mentioned that, I was like, wait, hang on. This feels like there's a door coming in as they're talking about Loki and Marvel. Like, that's some animation powerhouses that you got. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, seeing it in the Clone War style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be such a tease. Mm-hmm. Alright, well that's it for our news this week. Now we are going to go into our segment, the Animinute. We are going to take one minute each to talk about a show that we watched this week because we do not have enough time to talk about all of them. If there is any show that you guys want to hear more about or any suggestions for shows that we should watch, let us know. Hit up our DMs, email us, send a carrier pigeon, whatever works for you. All right. So last week, Scoots, you mentioned that you wanted to respond to Spy Family. So I'll take the honors of starting this time and let you yeah. fill in. How's, how's that? That works for me. All right. So Spy Family, season one, episode 16, Yours Kitchen. Oh, my God. Did this episode catch me at the beginning? I thought that we were going to finally have more story of like her origin of like how she became this assassin and like her background and what got her to be this way. Because we've been getting so much of Lloyd and Anya that like we don't see enough of her except for like the little sprinkles of badassery within their adventures. And to find out that this whole episode was just her learning how to cook. I was upset for maybe a second, if that, because it was just hilarious. Her not knowing how to cut stuff to cutting too forcefully to just making pure toxic. Like she created the Pokemon muck at one point. All of it was beautiful. It was just so well done, the comedy. But then finding out, you know, the relationship with her brother and why the food was made the way it was and why how much it means to him. Just all of that was very wonderful. I really enjoyed this episode. Nice. Yeah. I got it down to the last second. <laughs> Woo! By the skin of your teeth. By the skin of your teeth. Yeah. All right. I suppose I will go next, if that's okay with you, Andrew. Go right ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah, so I completely agree with you, Zuhair. Uh, really, really enjoyed this episode. Spy Family has been a funny show, but I don't know if there's been as many moments that had me genuinely, like, guttural laughter, just, like, Anytime you're prepared a dish and someone ate it, like especially Yuri, like I I love Yuri and I can't wait for him to be a part of the show the show more often because like he is actively throwing up while he's forcing more into his mouth because he loves his sister that much. Like, <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I just I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. If I had one complaint to lodge against it, it's that Yor is is actually one of my favorite characters, and while. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to spend more time with her and learn a little bit more about her. The fact that her episode was cut short to make time for a little Frankie short, like that that's nice and that's yeah. fun, but I would have loved a full length your episode. Uh, but yeah, all in all good. All right. I'll take my turn now. So yeah, I mean, there's not much left to say besides exactly what, uh, you know, Jay Scotty and Zuhair just brought up the fact that they crumpled to a heap on the floor when they ate food was so funny to me. And just the way that it was like they died, like Anya just (laughs) being that perfect level of dramatic. I couldn't ask for more. And I agree. I just 
was full of laughter and excitement and hope this whole time. The Frankie stuff was super interesting and like him having a friend is great. My one concern for the show is the past like two or three episodes, they have really teased this whole Lloyd has to disassociate from the family and not get attached story. And I will flip a table if they do not end up together as a family at the end of the show. Mm. And that is a promise you can hold me to. It will go on our Instagram. I will do whatever. This is a <laughs> riot. It, I can't no keep them together. They're adorable. I love them. Just give me more family. It's in the name. Mm -hmm. So there is something that I want to ask you guys that my buddy brought up. That's kind of been, I guess I've been pondering. So he was talking about how, with this anime being mostly a comedy, it bothers him that there's no, like, quote-unquote direction. Would you guys be okay with this just being a straight comedy and just, like, the adventures of the Forger family every week? Or at some point, do you want to see shit hit the fan and it actually be a story with villains and tension and stuff that throws in comedy? I'm going to just throw it back and say there already is that through line, in my opinion. Like, the the story that I want is Anya trying to succeed in making friends and, you know, Lloyd getting to this goal of, you know, getting the data or data, getting the spy on the other families and all of these things. Like, we are slowly working toward that. We saw it with the whole bomb threat episode of, like, ooh, tensions are high, like... I don't think you need to go straight point A to point B. I think there is a point B we're going to get to, but I think we're just taking a, we're taking the path Anya would take to get there. It's long and it's windy. Hmm. And we're saying waka, waka, waka the whole way. <laughs> waka, flaka, Anya. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I agree with Andrew completely. I feel like there, there is a story for us to follow, but I'm okay with the pace that it's currently taking. Um, the, again, it's kind of like what I brought up in my 60 seconds there. If I had any complaint to, to levy against it, it's that I do, I want to see more of your, and I want to know exactly what made her choose this life of an assassin and actually see her go on a few more uh, missions and just get some of the intrigue there. But apart from that, it's like, you know, that, that kind of three episode arc that we had with the, the bomb dogs that got Bond to be a part of the family. Um, apart from that, you know, they've felt pretty like the the a story is kind of standalone and then yeah anya's exploits at the school seem to be kind of the the through line that we're following at least this point at this point in time so sure. i i'm good with it at the, at the way it's going right now like it can stay just the way it is and i'll be very satisfied and very entertained well because i also think like the whole thing that i questioned of when we get to the end are they still going to be a family I think that's going to be the end of the show. So I don't want to rush mm. to that point of, yeah. oh, yeah, we the mission's over. Like, no, I want to take our time to get to the mission's over. Let it do whatever it has to do in the middle. Right. I'm going to wrap it up on this corner by talking about the, the two quick moments when the food first came out and Anya said, this is Anya's last supper. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> it had me dying. And then to switch to her being so excited for the special dish and then actually dying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> comedy gold. Yeah. I'm going to knock out Bleach real quick to get that out of the way. 
Okay. I know you said you were going to wrap up, but I, I just have to while we're on Spy Family just real quickly with the Frankie segment when he was trying to get Lloyd to help him and he said, I'll sell all your information and the look that <laughs> Lloyd gave him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> look. Don't mess with that man. <laughs> <laughs> not mess with him the level of detail of i will fuck you up was just so incredible yeah <laughs> uh oh yeah. public enemy number one switched so quick in that moment <laughs> yes god this show is gold yes all right so bleach thousand year war episode three it is interesting how much of this show I can keep up with from only being like only seeing like the first main arc. It feels like the first arc of the story is is literally the foundation to where this is coming from. There's some stuff for like YouTube. I had to get in like a little bit of filler information since I hadn't watched past the first Soul Society part. But it's getting pretty wild within the first three episodes. Like there is this whole war between the Quincy's and the Soul Society they had their argument about like why they kill the hollows versus purifying them. And for them to just roll in and blow off people's heads and shoot holes in them and just start this massacre, like right off the bat, it's like everything got wild right by episode three. And the war is literally just going to be the rest of this show. And I'm all for it. The animation looks awesome. The story is fascinating. And I'm so glad that I picked this up without all the context I needed. Ooh, made it down to a second again. <laughs> Woohoo! Towing that line. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you ready for Mr. Man? Chainsaw Man? Yeah. Uh, you want to go first or shall I? Go for it. All right. All right, so these last two episodes have been nothing short of absolutely crazy this show is off the walls the animation the action it's just all phenomenal and like they are doing the weirdest job of character building ever i have never had such conflicting emotions i don't want to spoil too much because i know jay scotty hasn't seen it and he needs to experience it firsthand but everyone out there i'm making two honking motions with my hands if you know you know um <laughs> uh, it's just so much fun and it's all so genuine. Like, I really believe it. I'm here for this cat. Like, I w shouldn't be embodied to a cat, but I'm ready to save this cat. Like, there's so much going on in this show when it comes to what they've made us care about. And MAPPA, someone give them awards. Their budget is non-existent. It just feels amazing. And I can't wait to see what they come out with next. The music's been great. I can't say it enough. I'm going to rank them all at the end, but these outro songs are killing it. And that's my minute. So I do have to say for the opener song, it actually has been what I've been getting ready to at the beginning of the day for the yes. last two days. It's just that bass at the beginning is just so hype. I love the noir feel of the show, but sometimes because there's such a slow buildup and it, it's beautiful to look at, but because it has such a slow buildup to those wild moments at the end, it's kind of, it just really feels too short. Like these last two episodes could have easily been one episode with the direction that it was going in. I absolutely love, love Makami. She's my favorite character in this. But that the dynamic between our main characters, Power and Chainsaw Man, forgetting his name, uh, Denki, is fantastic. The, the, the quality and just all the, the foolery is really interesting in this. But I, I need more to happen in one episode because to have to wait a week for all this is just making me really antsy. 
Yeah, I, I cannot contribute to this one, uh, but I got to say, just listening to you guys and the, <laughs> the gushing and the excitement, and I appreciate you not spoiling anything. I've been wanting to check this one out, but even more so now. Like, yeah, I, I need to prioritize this one. So Get much on to watch. It while it's only three episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I don't know if we've said it. Um, if you are younger or, you know, know someone younger, don't watch the show with them. Um, this is a very, rated R. yeah, this is very much rated R. Um, just in Use case that wasn't yeah. clear. Um, this is one that like, yeah, definitely has that explicit tag on it that we should probably mention. I don't think we've said that thus far. So my colleague actually came up to me the other day and he was like, I think this is the first time that I like really paid attention to the closer song. And he, I was like, yes, it's the first time anyone did because it's a new song at the end of every episode. It's a whole album. He was like, oh, yeah, what? Really? And I was like, yes. So you just happen to like this one more than the other two. Oh, just wait. There's going to be one of these weeks when it's Queen B. I'm going to pop off about the music. Oh, you listen to the whole album already? No, I haven't touched it, but Queen Bee is uh, the same band that did Inu O, the rock opera anime that I talked about. Oh, that's right. You did go on that tangent. So, yeah. The last thing I want to mention about this is, you know, we talk about how the one, the two things that anime that kind of make it hard to recommend is the excessive talk about friendship and the unnecessary fan service. But the fact that the fan service in this show is justified in a way like it's just part of the character's story and it's not rapey in any sense like Mineta would be it's it's interesting i don't want to say too much on it because obviously provides details but it's fascinating how they actually put it into the story and you kind of feel for the way that the character thinks I'll leave it at that. I'm curious on y'all's thoughts if you've been watching Chainsaw Man and you have an opinion about this, but it's just one of those things. Like, I've made it very clear how much I hate the excessive fan service stuff, but it's interesting how they've played it into the show. Although, I do wonder if this is why the manga was so popular. <laughs> is True. the fan service. Um, I did want to just take a quick uh, Mob Psycho and a minute break that I don't even think I'm going to take the whole minute for. Do it. Um,. And let the okay. English see you do it. <laughs> For those that get the reference. All right. So Mob Psycho season three. Um, I don't know if you're going to hear uh, many more Anna minutes about this until the show picks up. Uh, the first two seasons were very much like a bottle of plot and they didn't set themselves up for anything in this third season. It's been super fun and irreverent, but I don't think I'm going to be able to have a minute to talk about every single week, just because it would be the same rehashing of the animation just looks fun, the characters are good. Like It's a very character-driven story this season, but none of it is going to make any sense to fit into a minute. So if they start wrapping it back into a big story, um, I might cover those. Or if you guys are listening for these Mob Psycho Animinutes, uh, feel free to write in and I will still do them. But as of right now, I'm enjoying it. Just not enough to make into a podcast segment. You made it sound like the show is more of a binge than it is a weekly wait. Well, so the first two seasons I had only watched as binge and I loved the first two seasons. And I'm wondering if that was a part of it because there is a weird irreverence to it. But at the same time, it's one of those shows that like nothing happens in the first 25 minutes and then the last five minutes is a cliffhanger that you really want to find out how it resolves. Hmm. 
so like it's very hard to make into this format of like like it, they make you want to watch the next one but also not much happens in the next one either it's it's a weird cycle like you're sounds always like, wanting to come back sounds like yo-yo storytelling like you know kind of yeah. yanking you yanking you back and forth yeah with moments of tension but that's Boruto <laughs> for me right now the it's also weird because it's like very much centered around a normal high school kid and the start of the season has been very normal high school things like what are you going to do next? And I'm like, I don't care. Fight mm. a demon. Like I don't I don't want to know what his future is. <laughs> well I do, but you know. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so that's our that's our animate for each of the corners. Anything that you want to hear more about, if there's something that we should talk about on a whole episode for an arc at the end of the season. Let us know. And moving on to our one feedback that's not My Hero related. Then we're going to talk My Hero and then we're going to get to the rest of the feedback. So our first feedback from Andre, who would like to take it away. So email from Andre. Hey guys, I know you're all about the return of anime right now. I don't know if you talked about this yet, but the Dragon Ball Super movie was awesome. The movie itself was great. Loved the callbacks to past fights. Loved Pan and her being a badass. Krillin saving 18 was good. Uncle Piccolo was awesome as usual. Oh, and I love Piccolo. I don't know Piccolo's voice. I'm sorry. Can I see the sounds? Can I see the sounds? There you go. I was (laughs) like, I'm going to do a disservice to this. When ready, I can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts about it. <laughs> Secondly, I don't know if any of you have seen Green Lantern Beware My Power. Is it worth seeing? I know Super Sons is next, so I'm trying to see it. And should I get invested in this new universe? Keep up the good work, guys. I'm excited for Tales of the Jedi and Bad Batch. Signed, Andre. Um, have either of you seen either of those DC? No, I did see that Beware My Power just hit HBO Max like over the weekend. So it was quickly on my list of like, it's time to watch. But I have not, I've really not done much with this new universe. Have either of you? Mm -mm. I haven't seen Dragon Ball Super. I have not seen either of these films. But, uh, you know, maybe that's something we should discuss checking out if the, you know, response and the interest is strong enough. Could be something we uh, we cover on the show. Um, I did want to speak to the one part of his feedback that I can speak to with Piccolo's voice being uh, Christopher Sabat, who who also did Vegeta on that show. He also does All Might in the dub for My Hero Academia. Uh, as listeners may know, I've been binging Fire Force. And in season two, he voices a character on that show, too. So as soon as I heard his voice, and I love the context of it, like all I'll say for you, Zuhair, is Maki, sweetie. Being <laughs> him introduced like that was just and the other character's reaction to that was just was great. <laughs> oh my god, I love Yeah, his his voice is so distinct now. Even when I was yeah. watching um uh oh my god, what was it called Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh yes. He was, he was the the muscle dude, was it Louis? Uh, Louis Armstrong. I, I think Louis Armstrong. Yes. Yeah. When that Pardon? point, I was like, "Oh my God, it's yeah. all my." He's a blonde too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, I can definitely speak heavily on Dragon Ball Super. I will, you know, be very forward in saying that because this was such an important title to me, I was very particular about having a 
guest podcast hosts that had grown up with it and watched all the stuff like I had. Uh, so that's kind of what put the delay on that. But, you know, my my co-host can vouch for the fact I've been wanting to talk about it for months. But I just wanted to make sure that, like, our review of it did it justice because it's it's Dragon Ball. Like, you can't not do that right, you know? And the quick snippet that I'll give you is that despite the the animation style driving me bonkers, yes, the story was predictable, but it was perfect in every which Dragon Ball way. And the comedy on it was incredible. I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard on the can I see sounds comment. Uncle Piccolo, Pan, all of it's a delight. Uh, Mr. Gohan is savage. And, you know, even no matter how predictable it gets, Dragon Ball is fun. And we talk about how good content nowadays is when you can see what's coming, but still have the emotional tension while you're watching it. I use Top Gun Maverick as kind of like the biggest uh, example of that lately. And Dragon Ball just does that. You know what's going to happen. You know who's going to win. You know what the big fights are going to be like. But you're still at the edge of your seat and cheering when the big things happen. So we will be having an episode on that. And we appreciate your patience and writing in for it. Because Lord knows I'm very excited to talk about it. Sounds good. Yeah. And just one more note on the DC train. Uh, It was something we forgot to mention in uh, news. But I just want to throw it out there. In case you all were not aware Um, there are new CEOs, co-CEOs of DC, uh, studios, I I guess is what you would call them. Um, but either way, it's James Gunn and Peter Safran. They are taking over and doing a lot of the new creative stuff over at DC. So it's going to lead to a bigger conversation, but I wanted to throw it out there with the news as well as just say, hopefully that does mean that this animated universe is going to be worth watching because they have a lot of great things under their belt. And also, uh, James Gunn, if you could do us a favor, you're a great buddy. Uh, just keep Young Justice going. Uh, it's our one wish in this whole world. We would be the happiest DC fans. I mean, you don't want to disappoint the few fans you have left. So just help us out. I mean, I told Scoots this when we were talking about Black Adam. DC needs to recognize that Young Justice is the best universe building they've ever done. Yeah, Nothing has been superior to it. It is the staple and the foundation of what all future projects should be built off of. James Gunn, you can even animate yourself and put yourself in there like you did in Harley Quinn. I don't care. Just keep it alive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And if for some reason you do hear this, Mr. Gunn, um, please come on the show. We will happily interview you. Um, <laughs> if you could all work on getting this to him, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. 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 Zuhair, you mentioning him uh, putting himself. Well, I guess he didn't put himself in, but he appeared in, in Harley Quinn. So that shows that he's at least paying attention to some of the animation. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that gives me. It makes at least you wonder. Some, no, I was going to say, it makes you wonder how long this has been going on that he's going to be a creative with him being in Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah. It gives me hope um, that, you know, he's he's paying attention to the animation and we still haven't heard anything about, you know, a confirmation for a new season of Young Justice. But uh, James Gunn is, is a uh, very creative and avant-garde auteur. So I love that first season of Peacemaker. I love the Suicide Squad. So... Get your rewatches going, people. There we go. There we go. All right. So moving on to My Hero Academia. Season six, episode four, Inheritance. All right. I'm going to do my best Deku impression here. Here's the synopsis. (laughs) I've never heard the dub. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, At least he didn't start speaking in Japanese. That'd be impressive but confusing at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll try that for a future episode. uh, (laughs) Sorry, I derailed it enough. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's all good. It's all good. Uh, Dobby overpowers Hawk using his blue flames in retaliation for twice his death. Hawks says he was unable to find any information about Dobby's past as Dobby tells Hawks he never cared for the League's goals and instead will use them to make Stain's will a reality. After he reveals his identity, stunning Hawks, Dobby prepares to burn Hawks alive. Back at the hospital, Mirko finds herself struggling to deal with the high ends as they begin to stabilize, so she rushes towards Garaki to destroy Shigaraki's containment capsule. Mirko is held back by one of the high ends, but through her tenacity, and the assistance of Endeavor and Eraserhead, she's able to destroy the pod when it's at 75% completion. Garaki attempts to awaken Shigaraki, but present Mike is able to completely destroy the lab before Garaki can, punching the doctor for good measure. While Mike drags Garaki away to stop the Nomu, the hero x watches over the comatose Shigaraki. Garaki reveals that he developed the quirk singularity theory over 70 years ago, but was ridiculed with only all for one believing him. He also reveals the incident that created Kirogiri was meant for Eraserhead. Meanwhile, Shigaraki finds himself in a shattered mindscape where he is approached by visions of his family members. A shadowy all-for-one beckons him when he is held back by his family members, including Nana Shimura, who he decays away, telling them not to reject him as he enters the darkness. In the real world, a jolt of electricity awakens Shigaraki. There's so many things I want to start with. And the one that I didn't quite think about until just now is the importance of Eraserhead throughout all this. You know, so much stuff stands out from the rewatch, like the importance of Stain. And it makes you wonder in regards to Eraserhead for why he chose the ninja life. If this is something that's been intended for him and speculated for like over 70 years, with him being as smart as he is, did he choose this life of avoiding the press and keeping his you know, powers of mystery and being the assassin? Not necessarily because it is his fighting style, but because there was a part of him that understood what people could do with his quirk. Like, I question how much of his lifestyle is based off of a self-awareness because he has like no life outside of this. The closest Mm. thing to like a potential love story that we've had is somebody from an entirely different school. Mm -hmm. The one that laughs Mm -hmm. too much. And then he like lives with the students. He escorts the students. Like his whole life is about being a hero and being a teacher. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for the, for his capabilities that he shouldn't be on this top 10 list. And for reasons, he's avoiding the spotlight. And I think this is one of the prime reasons that his just intelligence kind of set himself up for. Yeah, I I think it's definitely a big part of it. Like the only other thing that I see is just the idea of like he doesn't want people to understand the quirk, which kind of goes into exactly what you're saying. Like staying out of the limelight means no one knows how it activates. No one knows the conditions. If they ever need him for something like this, he's there. And I, I agree. I love this mix of all of it, as well as then just calling back to his dear friend passing and him saying, I'm going to raise the next generation of students and just pouring his life into it. Like, it's so 
amazing. And I love that despite not having the spotlight, he's getting the spotlight now this season. Like this is a big push and I love him as a character. So I'm here for it. I almost dressed up as him for Halloween. (laughs) Well, you still got time. You still got time. Halloween's a few days away, so you could always squeeze in another party if you wanted to. But uh, yeah, this was an incredibly eventful episode. A lot happened in this episode. And I think it's interesting that you gravitate towards Aizawa um, first and foremost. I think it's fitting. Uh, But I, I agree with everything that came up and it kind of makes me think, you know, uh, previous times that we spent getting to know Aizawa a little bit better and, and learning about his past, like people didn't understand him. And, uh, you know, he could have very easily become a villain. Like he has, his quirk is seen as villainous. So kind of knowing that Garaki and all for one and originally intended to take his quirk and make a Nomu out of him, um, is, is pretty fascinating. Uh, I, he has the relationship with the the one student that came from Class C. I can't remember his name, but he has the purple hair, and his ability is to stop people or command them if they you know respond to a question that he asks or something like that. So, um, aside from that, the the part that kind of stood out to me is you know him having the close friendship with present Mike, and and we got a lot of Aizawa's like inner thoughts in this episode where uh, he he comes to the realization that you know reinforcements will be there in a few seconds, but in the stakes of this battle, a few seconds is so dire and so much time and so much could happen. So uh, I I like what you said about, uh, you know, having to keep his abilities kind of obscured and not let people know how they work, which becomes a great foil because as we see these high ends becoming more intelligent, we have the one woman use her powers of observation to understand that all she has to do is avoid his line of sight and he can't use his quirk on him or he can't use his quirk on her, which effectively puts him in that position where he has to stay back and send present Mike ahead to assist Endeavor and Mirko. That's so terrifying. The fact that they have that much power and that level of intelligence. Yeah. And now apparently like we're getting like the personalities for like who they were in a different life and all that stuff. Like that's, that's Halloween shit right there. It's definitely giving me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it makes me wonder if we're going to find out who these were as heroes before, like if they're going to take the time to delve into it. But it, I'm going to go real deep conspiracy theory here. You talked about how, you know, they were originally going to steal Aizawa's quirk and they actually ended up getting Kurogi's. Do we know how they knew what these students' quirks were? Because presumably that is private information, and we talked a while back about the possible mole at the Mm. school that was swept aside. Do we think this could come way full circle and that there is, like, someone in the school that is actually working for All for One at this point? Like, that that just suddenly made me think, like, wait, how did they know that his quake his quirk was erasure if he's staying out of the limelight if he was just a student like how did we get to that point i wonder if we're going to get a little bit more of that high-end detail uh coming out of you know the big relationship building that they're doing Mm -hmm. great question i don't think his quirk was ever a secret because he's been a pro hero and he's showed it at the school and you know uh but they took shimura saw it himself Huh? But they took his they took the quirk when they were in high school. And in high school, they generally like they're not public information yet, are they? Uh, I, I, it, 
I don't think we've had enough information revealed to us about that time, whether or not, you know, they had worked on their hero licenses and done their hero studies. Uh, Maybe there was a potential for his, his powers to be more broadcasted, but um, I, I did the like the question you brought tournament up. tournament they have. Yeah, I did. Yeah, now uh, that you say okay. that. Fair enough. There it is. Okay, I'm glad we came up with that answer because I, like, <laughs> I was narrowing down my suspects and the only one that made sense to me was Gran Torino. And I was like, no, you can't no. make Gran Torino no. the, the mole. Yeah. Out. All right. I reject. <laughs> Carry on. We have disproven the theory, which is good. Yes, yes. Uh, As always, one of my favorite characters, I will absolutely cry if something happens to him. Yeah, for sure. Well, we t- we talk about things happening to people. Um, what do we think Mirko! about Hawks oh. and Mirko? I mean, we have two. Like Mirko went through the ringer, but Hawks is in a precarious situation. Yeah, it was a great way to start off the episode, like coming back to Tokoyami, um, who was riding the the fat taxi, mm-hmm. and just talking <laughs> about like you know his discussion with Hawks about like what his weaknesses and stuff is and then just to see him being burned alive under dobby's foot was just oh yeah yeah as uh frustrated as i was with hawks for killing twice in the last episode um they immediately were able to like reframe it to where i was very very frightened for hawks well-being and getting the flashback um you know to see that he's never really had much you know choice in his life um i can't remember his exact backstory but he's obviously kind of at the beck and call of this um committee that that kind of like manipulates him a little bit and says that you're going to get to be this hero so it made me made me a little fearful for his his longevity um you know but i i still have some hope that he's going to to make it out because dobby told him he doesn't care whether he lives or lot lives or dies and then the you know we see the explosion from afar and see a figure kind of get flung out so uh, I uh, I think it was um, Fabian that told us, you know, be prepared for some for some dark stakes and whatnot. But uh, yeah, it, it's I, I go two ways with it because Dobby did reveal his identity to to Hawks. We didn't get to hear that, but uh, I don't want to be right with my speculation. <laughs> That's one speculation. Like I said, I don't want to talk about it on the air. I just want to. Uh, I feel like we're there. all thinking the same thing too. Like I don't want to say it, but like I'm so scared it's true. Uh, there's no, there's no way we're not all thinking the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, we go by anime rules, and like anime rules are, you didn't see a body, they didn't die, and uh-huh. I do flip that back around though, and think this is still like a family show. They didn't show us twice his body, but we know he's dead they might not show us a hawk's body so like he might actually be gone it could really be it and it hurts but also the fact that they didn't just make it a death that they gave us some characterization of dobby the whole like why are you smiling i just have to show emotion this way because i can't cry because my tear ducts were burned out you were just like what happened to you how who hurt you literally who hurt you and it just gave so much grit to it that I love it, but I hate it. And just like, don't you can't introduce us a Hawks and kill them in the same way. Don't introduce Mirko and kill her. More tables will be flipped. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> what day of the week do you guys watch the show? 
uh, it's kind of bounces around. Most most days I'll watch it on the Saturday that it comes out, but uh, I didn't watch it until today this week. I I usually go for Saturday, but sometimes Sunday. If I am right in my speculation, you guys will be getting a text on Sunday night. I will hold it until then. Okay. Just saying I called it, and if I called it, the opener of this show for that episode will me just be streaming that I called it. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Because I need Fair to enough. know if we were thinking the same thing. I don't think we're finding out this season. I firmly think they are because I don't think we're going to find out what happens to Hawks until this whole fight is over. And then I mm. think if Hawks gets to say it to the audience and say it to everyone else, it's going to be at the end of this 12 episode run. If that maybe like not it. even until the next time I'm just I like it. The, they didn't tell us now. They're not telling us for a long time. That much is yeah. for sure. Well, even if we don't see Hawks again until that point, I hope they don't keep us from Dobby until that point, because that's that's the other aspect of it. What we did get to learn about Dobby, like I don't think um, I recalled that his motivations were so closely tied to Stain, and it was great to get that flashback to Stain mm-hmm. because Stain was really one of the the best villains of the show so far for me. But also that smile, Andrew, you you talked about it, and I have not been as unsettled by a smile in anime since the smiling Titan from Attack on Titan. Is is all I'll say. That was so disturbing that that smile and you could see the pain it was so happy but so painful i don't i don't know how they did it i don't think any actor could have done it this is a pure animation Mm. thing for Mm -hmm. sure was it you that i sent the uh or the the pokemon is titans in attack on titan no but this needs to get sent right over to put on the instagram story first of all i need to find out who i sent it to but there was one where it's like you see Aaron and Mikasa like terrified and it's just a Titan Pikachu over the wall. And now I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I was like, what would they do for the one that ate Aaron's mom? Would it just be a jinx? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Fully. I was thinking of uh, Gengar. I was about to say, if oh. you had to ask a smiling Pokemon, I'd go with Gengar for sure. Oh, terrifying. All right. <laughs> um... <laughs> Speaking yeah. of terrifying, the way that Mirko is getting stabbed, Ugh. oh my, and she's gosh. still pushing forward despite literally getting ripped apart. Oh my god, is this woman a savage? Yeah, it's it's tough to watch uh, because I've just been endeared to her so quickly, and mm. the show. I have to give it all the praise. Like these action sequences with Mirko have been like some of the best action of the entire series. It's just, you have to feel that the animators love this character as much as we do just right off the bat. Just the intensity, the velocity, the grin and grit that she has, even though her body is being like torn apart. Uh, It is hauntingly beautiful and so hard to watch, but I can't turn my eyes away at, at the same time because it's so well animated. We're hearing so much dialogue from Endeavor too about it, this is an, another thing that I said last week about how I love that we're focusing on the main heroes without their like devices that limit them, the limiters, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because we're seeing not only what they're capable of, but how pro heroes work together. So we think of Endeavor of like this asshole that treated his wife terribly and 
didn't care for his kids. They were just weapons and tools to him. But the way that he communicates with other heroes and works together, and he thanks Mirko for saving him twice at this point. Like, there's there's so much that we're getting out of these guys. Even seeing, um, oh my god, who's the guy with the voice? The DJ dude. President, President Mike. Mike. Yeah. To see, like, him just, like, lose his composure and just, like, really want to mess up the doctor and just, like, his frustration. All of this dialogue is just so well done. And I'm loving that they're giving this much time to the actual heroes instead of the students. Well, it, it goes from frustration to disgust with present Mike. And I really appreciated that, how he's just, like, completely revolted by this this doctor that he's carrying and that was you know some pretty uh revealing dialogue in in terms of you know getting the confirmation that the doctor was the original person that came up with this uh quirk singularity theory and like i still don't know exactly what it means but apparently you know uh he's able to duplicate like make copies of quirks and i i guess all for one had the original one and passed on a, a duplicate to him um he gets to like double his life in exchange for like athletic ability and they're doing this okay. the same thing with uh tomara like all for one ultimately knew that he was gonna fail so tomara shigaraki is like his fail safe and he's getting the original version of his quirk uh yeah, like I said, a, a lot happened, and I did not understand all of it, but I, I trust the show to to make us understand pretty quickly. And I'm a little scared to find out exactly what it means, to be honest. It's really yeah. tempting me to read the manga. And I gotta um, say, if I wasn't a podcaster, I'd be on it right now. <laughs> Honestly, I think it just boils down to that was the long explanation. Yada yada, Shigaraki now has all for ones, everything. Okay full stop like i i really think it was just them being like oh yeah he's passed on quirks before and can like spin them around in different directions by using the doctor as an example but i don't mm -hmm. think the doctor has all for one's quirks i think it was the doctor gave all for one hey you can take my double your life quirk let me do science with you and that's how they got to know moves and stuff and then he gave the original to shigaraki who gave him a copy back is okay. the way that I took all of that to happen. But yeah, basically it's yada yada, all for one's out of the picture now that he's in jail. Shigaraki is now the new all for one as he wakes up. That was kind of my interpretation of them doing the long way of explaining just Quirk went here. Speaking okay. of creepy smiles, all for one in the cell with his, you know, typical face blown off and just I mean we've seen that grin so many times, but the context of it when it was just zooming in on him and then you see that jolt of lightning on Shigaraki, I was like, oh no. Like, the, yeah. I can't stop thinking about the fact that he can use his decay at long distance now. And there's so many heroes inside of the facility. He can right. use everything now. Like, we don't know how many quirks he has, assuming that he has taken all for ones, all for one. Like, he could have everything for all we know. It's going to be... It makes me think that it's going to be Deku wakes up all of his quirks to fight all of these quirks. Because, mm. like, how else do we stop this? 
Yeah. Uh, you know, we do a little bit of speculation and predictions here, but I think it's it's pretty safe to say that X less is uh, he's not long for this this series. He got introduced this episode. I don't. I think we're probably going to do not give him. me a background story at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> Just let him die. <laughs> X less about to be X out for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but that does kind of bring to mind when um woman the nomu woman was like you know identifying the various quirks and she was like uh laser physical enhancement and saber um with the visual that came up i kind of actually had to go back and look at it again once we found out that uh xless was the laser one and i was like okay who is physical enhancement and there was like a, a glowing green guy in the background and i was very much reminded of like iron fist it's like this guy seems like Iron Fist, but he can do it with his entire body. Hmm. I I hope that they're not all just complete Iron like write-off characters that like we're introducing just to kill them. Um, like I don't want any of our main characters to die, but there is kind of this overarching conversation all the time about stakes. Like, are they going hmm. to kill one of our big bunch to really put into perspective? You know here's who's at risk andrew you've only watched sub right correct does present mike always have a deep voice no i mean was it deep just for this time that he used his quirk i so i'll ask the question have we ever seen him really use his quirk before yes but now answer my question i can't i I can't remember (laughs) The reason I ask is because, like, in the dub, it's, like, super high pitch and, like, yeah, and it, like, projects. (laughs) And the reason I ask is because my roommate walked in when I was doing the rewatch, and he was like, oh, I don't like President Mike's voice. And that he didn't like the way the quirk was used, and I was like, why? Like, it's so badass. And when he used his quirk in this episode, and it was like, I was like, okay. I see the difference, but due to the nature of the character, like, I still think the dub is really cool. But now, because, like, we're not seeing him in his fun form, it would be cool if, like, he does do the high pitch on a regular, but now that it's, like, a serious, disgusted, like, like urge to kill type of vibe, if the dub actually does change it specifically for this to go, instead yeah. yeah! <laughs> yeah I, I i feel like if your superpower is your voice you have to have like the range of at least freddie yeah. mercury so <laughs> i i'll have to go back and watch because like his regular speaking voice is definitely higher than that because he's got okay. the he's got the very i can't say quirky announcer voice because that's too on the nose but it's a very like all right here's what we're gonna do like it's that kind I, of that's... you know that character kind of okay that's kind of how he sounds in the english dub yeah yeah so so it seems like he dropped his voice specifically for this episode like he dropped the tone to be more angry and if that's the case it could be an anger (laughs) thing it could be something i hope it is because i would give them so much respect for that well i also wonder does he use different pitches for different things like i feel like it can't just be shout so no he's just been using his power for the same thing every time we've seen him so if he's actually changing the fluxion because he doesn't care about the showmanship. 
that adds so much more to it. I mean, and look, I, I could get that. into the science if you really want me to explain why there's you would no use different science. pitches. <laughs> there's something that I feel like I'm observing that I want to give them credit for, and I'm hoping that's the thing. And I will validate it or move on. <laughs> I will attempt to follow up and see if I can figure out uh, in the previous iterations of his quirk whether it was higher or lower. Well, uh, yeah. Without having done any additional research, I, I, I think Zuhair that you're you're right. I think that's what they were going for because he even has like the line of dialogue after he does the DJ punch. He's like, "That's for making my friend cry." So he is, like, yeah. in a different yeah. emotional state than we've ever really seen him before. Much respect if that's the case. Yeah. Much respect. All right, we have a lot of feedback to go through. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have too much more to say, and I don't want to steal all the thunder from our wonderful listeners. So unless you guys have any any final thoughts, you have to get out there. No, cool. some of mine are actually in response to the feedback, so I'm just going to okay. it for that. I cool. do have one because I just went to YouTube and I was going to attempt to listen to Present Mike, and I typed in Present Mike Scream, and there's just the first video that pops up is My Hero Academia, but it's just present Mike screaming. And it's a 50 second video. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but let's get into the feedback in the meantime. I just needed to throw out there. I stumbled upon this gem. <laughs> nice. Nice. It'd be fun if we just put that at the end of the episode, just the last 50 seconds of the show. Ah, 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 <laughs> done and done. <laughs> Sorry for everyone who had to listen to me do that multiple times. <laughs> All right, read away. Okay, I guess I'll uh, kick off our first piece of My Hero Academia feedback coming to us from Chrissy Geeson. I hope I'm saying your name, your last name right. I know you as Chrissy, but all right. Holy all might, was this an intense episode. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. I'm definitely not emotionally prepared for the dub version of this episode because Twice is one of my favorite villains, especially the dub version. I'm also a major Dobby stan, so I'm happy to so I'm so happy he finally joined the fight. I've never read the manga, but I did spoil myself early on in my watch of the previous seasons on Dobby's backstory. And of course I won't say anything, but I will say that it is dark. And I'm so excited to see where they take it, and also very excited to see y'all's reactions. Well, that's all I got for ya. R.I.P. twice and stay well, my dudes. Chrissy. Is that why he has a fire quirk? it's dark yeah uh, <laughs> i'm just concerned at you saying you're a dobby stan like that's a that's problematic a little bit like he's a <laughs> he's a bad dude like, he's the only my hero villain i have on my my hero shelf like he's cool but a stan that's no i'm <laughs> I, I i'm mostly joking it, he's not i i was gonna say he's not a serial killer so you're not that weird but he kind of is a serial killer <laughs> But no, he's I I want to learn serious, more. Yeah. There just happens to be a lot of ash where he walks around. And people <laughs> just happen to go missing when they happen to be in that same area. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's that weird. I want to learn more. But also the mystery is so intriguing. Like it has us talking, which tells you it's a good mystery. So I, I, I lean both ways about. But I don't want to be right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I need Chris, answers yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. Well, Chrissy, I think um, all of us are in agreement with you when it comes to lamenting the loss of Twice. Uh, but actually, you know, with the the mention of how dark Dobby's backstory is, and as much as I groaned at uh, your joke there, Zuhair, about that's why his his power is is fire, uh, providing the light, it did actually spur a thought in me 
with the episode opening with Hawks describing fire as being his weakness and him saying that to Tokiyami, I'm wondering if we do find some, we find out something about Hawks fate sooner rather than later. And Tokiyami maybe goes after Dobby. Maybe we'll find out because we know dark shadow has a weakness towards light. And I'm wondering if like maybe the light emitted by Dobby's fire might, might be a, uh, awesome a problem for him yeah yeah we'll have to see i did forget about that little interaction of him realizing what was going on so there's mm-hmm. a chance yeah and i feel like our next feedback might talk about who helps us get that chances <clears throat> chance as well okay who's got unless it? there was something else we wanted to say about no nope, okay <laughs> so our next <laughs> feedback comes to us from tj stafford uh, my only gripe with this episode is Fat Gum's taxi service. Those students were instrumental in the early assault on the compound. They can walk. I get he is protecting them and escorting them away from the battlefield now that their jobs are done, but come on, let them keep their dignity. As for the rest of the episode, I really enjoyed it, but man, I'm exhausted. Every second, I felt like someone was about to die. Almost every hero we saw this episode, I had a moment of thinking, yep, they're toast for sure. Especially Hawks. And then they managed to make it out. <laughs> we still don't know the fate of Hawks, who is very quickly becoming one of my favorites. After that 22-minute anxiety attack, I need a nap. TJ Stafford. <laughs> Everything you just said is exactly the reason why we needed the taxi service. Yeah. the nonstop emotional load, the nonstop anxiety attack. We needed that little moment of laughter at the beginning. Which got a good chuckle out of me that like the size proportions of fat gum just don't work because he was not that large compared to Tokiyami last time mm. we saw this. And now he has five other students hanging out in there <laughs> like they did that one just for the laughs. But I also feel like it's probably like, hey, save your energy. I am a literal ball of energy. I can carry you. And also in regards to tribe dynamics, like. If you are responsible for other people in a mass attack scenario, you want to be aware of them while having your weapons available at the same time. So him physically feeling that he has five students in him is easier than having to rely on his peripherals and seeing where they are and still having his hands free. So tactically speaking, in the situation that they're in, if he has that capability, it's very smart of him to use that. Hmm. we also don't know his quirk might allow for him to literally like engulf the students entirely like he if they got attacked he might just literally be able to surround them and then they are Hmm. protected within the fat Um, no i want to see dark shadows arms come out and just make fat come fly (laughs) (laughs) well that's kind of tacking on to my illusion of our next feedback i wouldn't be surprised if this is just a MacGuffin to get fat gum to help hawks like Tokiyami is going to say to Fat Gum, hey, we need to turn around. And because he's in the taxi, he takes all of them back and or he lets them out of the taxi and then goes back himself. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a plot device as much as a laugh device. Mm. Yeah, I, I can't really add anything else of value to what you guys have brought up. So I'll just say, you know, TJ, you need a nap. I think the fat taxi would be a pretty comfy place to take a nap. <laughs> facts one more okay i guess i will round out the feedback here with jonathan kim finally getting a chance to send in a feedback so many good anime on right now and it's all been great so far 
One that you guys haven't mentioned yet and just started its second season is To Your Eternity. If you haven't watched the first season, get ready for some emotional roller coaster and get the tissues ready. On to My Hero Academia Season 6 Episode 4 feedback. This season has been crazy so far. Barely any scenes from the classmates or anyone from the academy, but loving how intense it is right now. With the synchronization of the music and the animation, it makes you want to scream out scream out as well as when the heroes were breaking the vessel. There was no way Tomaro was not, would not come back since he is the main villain, but it was satisfying when the glass finally broke and the punch to the doc's face. Keep up the feedback episode and I'm enjoying the one minute feedback portion. Cool. So I do have to add that there was a laughing emoji after talking about him getting punched in the face because mm-hmm. just the look on the doctor's face when it happened was just super gratifying. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, when I put it in Ocean, it li- like the emoji literally took up the whole screen. <laughs> oh, weird. Hmm. The doctor's emotions, or emoting, rather, was amazing. He's just the so the glass broke <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah I, I will say, we've talked positive. I think this is my one negative with the episode. And it was... The spark hits the water. He's awake. Like it felt too easy. Like I thought we were going to have some time with him out of the tank and like they were going to start to leave the hospital and the no moves were going to wake him up or another villain was going to come in and electrocute him or the doctor was intelligent and had a backup plan as opposed to relying on this. Like I thought it was going to go somewhere. And as much as I'm excited of like, okay, we got the villain. That was my only like, really, this is how we're going to do it is just electrocute the water after the heroes did all of this work. Like that, that's my only eh, lazy storytelling armchair. There was was like a lot of detail on the fact that he hit the he hit the switch and we saw the electricity like building up to give him that charge. So Mm. I enjoyed it in the sense that they they put the time to throw that detail in. They give the backstory of like how driven he is. And I also love the artistic placement of actually putting like his family members hands, like where he keeps the actual yeah. hands as a villain, like his dad's hands just on his face. Mm-hmm. So to see that they put the time into showing us the animation of the electricity kicking in to putting up like the drive that's in his mind right now and just the demented look on all for one. And then to think that we had a moment of like, oh my god, the heroes did it, thank god they made it in time, to ending it with the jolt, I thought it was super beautifully done. And I am terrified for this Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really take any umbrage with it. Uh, My thought about it was, you know, how long can a body last in suspended animation when he doesn't have a pulse? Like, he had to be revived sooner rather than later unless he had some quirk that would prolong his, his longevity. And, you know, he's he's been out of commission for the entire season so far. So it feels feels right to introduce him back into the fold when when things seem to be the most dire. So um, I can see where you're coming from, Andrew, but I, I, you know, didn't really take umbrage with it myself and um, do appreciate Jonathan for mentioning the music. Normally, we'll say at least something about the music. But uh, Zuhair, you've often made this illusion that like when the music is so good, you just kind of get like wrapped in with everything that's happening. It, it's kind of like in sync to where it almost blends in with everything. I think that's been the case for me with the last uh, couple of weeks here. 
Which is great because the opener and closure music has been fine. So I'm glad that like all mm. the music during the show is a banger. Mm-hmm. The music during the show might be the best superhero music period like it's so it perfectly fits every scene it's so fluid like again you don't notice it because it's so good but like when you go back and actually watch the scenes and listen for it it's so perfect to encapsulate the feelings and the like gusto that is going into all of these heroes using their powers so i'm gonna say it i'm here for it it's on par if not better than marvel cinematic universe music uh oh, watch out, Alan Silvestri and Michael Giacchino. You got people coming for your jobs. I'll throw oh, work together. together. Work together. You guys could do some incredible things together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll throw Ludwig Gorenson in there as well. Uh, completely unrelated, but I've seen initial reactions to Wakanda Forever. And without saying anything else, they are saying Ludwig, Ludwig, did, Ludwig did his thing again as he did with the first uh, Black Hell yeah. So traditional african drums with just modern hip-hop like i love it <laughs> yeah yeah all righty we're, we're clocking in at around an hour or 10 here any final things to say before we get into plugs i'm not ready <laughs> like i need it now but i'm not ready <laughs> fair enough fair enough uh, well, again, I will. Uh, I'll go first this time around. I'll just uh, remind the listeners that uh, we will be doing some Tales of the Jedi uh, reactions uh, with Haley Hobbs if schedules work out. So look forward to that. Uh, you know, check out all the additional coverage we've done. Zuhair mentioned his appearance on the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, reacting to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday sp- uh, special trailer there. Uh, myself being on Bingers Assemble for Black Adam and Andrew appearing on the source pages uh, Black Adam Primer as well as the review of the uh, movie there. So uh, that'll do it for me this week. Anything else you guys want to let the people know about social media wise or otherwise? Yeah, just usual. Um, Let us know what you guys think of these other shows. I already mentioned my appearance on MCU cast. Uh, also, three two three with Reed Murphy. They were butt faces and scheduled at the same time that we were recording this this week, so I wasn't able to hop <laughs> on it. But if you guys are enjoying the sports updates, then please go check that out. And you know, leave us the the reviews, leave us the stars, so that we can get more people to enjoy our content. We, uh, you know, I saw those feedback emails, and it genuinely made me happy that you guys were excited to talk to us. We're excited to talk to you back. So please keep up the the good vibes and the the conversations because we're here for it. Yeah. And I can't speak any more to podcasts. We've talked enough about that. So I'll just say, uh, like they said, a great way to just do us a favor is leaving a five-star rating and review. It's the simplest and easiest way that you can help any podcast that you are listening to because it just does wonders for helping us as well as it really lets us know that we're doing something for uh, the people that we're listening to. But aside from the feedback emails that you can send to animation deliberation podcast at gmail.com, you can also reach us on any of our social medias, Facebook and Instagram animation deliberation and Twitter animation delib one. I try and be as active as possible on all of those, but you're welcome to hit up any of them with any thoughts, uh, long form, short form, whatever they may take. 
And you can also follow us there for any updates as well as the fun that we are having. All right. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, Keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. And don't forget to stick around after the credits for that present mic scream montage. (laughs) (laughs) As that montage is going to be plus ultra, you be plus ultra and remember to stay whelmed. Oh, yeah. Muscle, muscle. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Deliberation Podcast, a proud member of the Stranded Panda Network. If you would like to contact us, you can email animationdeliberationpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at animationdelib1. For this and other great shows, you can visit strandedpanda.com or join the great community that is the Stranded Panda Chat Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash svchat. Tune in next time, and remember, stay whelmed. Welcome back to Good News. Today's top story. Domino's is introducing molten chocolate lava cakes and 32-piece oven-baked Parmesan bread bites to their mix-and-match deal for $5.99 each when you carry out. In other delightful news, Jessica Marino's sleepover is having Domino's for dinner. Carry out two or more mix-and-match items for $5.99 each, only at Domino's. Ask for this carry-out offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary. Two-item minimum bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores may charge extra for some menu items, crust types, toppings, and sauces. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just 
just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, stop, stop. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun, and everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232.